on. This is what YQ Society. YQ Society. <laughs> if you get your own company name. Also, it's Mind Your Employment, brought to you by YQ Society. I know, that's why I laughed. Do you want to do it? No. Yeah, yeah, you do. You've been, you've been giving you pointers and notes. <laughs> okay. Go on. Hello everyone and welcome to Mind Your Employment, brought to you by YQ Society. This series will be on all podcast streaming platforms and on YouTube. Now in today's episode, we're going to be looking at human resources. Now they play a huge factor in adding the human to employment, but are they really actually doing that? Or are they just another beast in the corporate entity aiming towards achieving effective business successes without the cost or whatever the cost? Caitlin, what do you think? Is HR just a corporate bully or do they have a more kind of human aspect to them? I feel like as companies grow and grow and now with everything we have like huge companies like apple and google and etc etc yeah and it's crazy because obviously hr serves a purpose and they are classified as a scientific management and people think oh but yeah people think oh wait isn't hr just the the person who recruits and deals with a contract (laughs) to make sure that you're yeah you know you have that like system running between the um, employer employee but no if you think about it like hr is such a huge component in um, any company because you need it you need it to run and manage the whole system they're the one who Mm. kind of like make sure that there's someone in operations someone in accounts someone in in some way they are the one who run the company a lot like of their, the glue that holds it together exactly a lot of their like components of hr kind of keeps the company running they're the one who keeps employees happy and that they're being cared yeah. for and that they are doing their job and if there are any sanctions to be put in place because someone failed to do their job hrs tend to be the one that you kind of call on it's like the yeah. joke is um, make sure hr doesn't hear it they're kind of the the parents of the company who gives you that slap at the back of your hand if you do something naughty or Mm, the one who mm. um, delivers you the good news for your promotion yeah no there's definitely always at least anecdotally been that kind of culture of you know them versus us Mm. you know accusations that they're kind of like big brother you know george orwell's big brother kind of 1984 style watching everybody watching everyone's Mm -hmm. moves waiting for them to slip up and all that really does i think is makes hr look like kind of the enemy but and kind of the enforcers almost you know like Mm. they're the the kind of the gatekeepers of the company i actually don't know if that's the case i mean a lot of people believe that hr can't be trusted um that most of them are completely untrained Mm -hmm. um and actually they don't really have any power anyway so they're kind of all a little bit incompetent so what's your experience of hr been has it tied into any of those stereotypes at all i think yeah i think so well, I have two stories, actually. Both of these stories are from completely different companies, from two companies that are either Spectrum, one's a small family business, and the other one is a big, you know, conglomerate company worldwide. Yeah. The irony is, right, so with a smaller company, I guess there's a bit more flexibility, there's a bit more, like, personality to it, because you actually get, yeah. to, you get to know who the people who are running the companies are and you know you're a bit more closer to the directors and you're not so like 
abandon in comparison to like a, a huge conglomerate company who yeah. you never ever will know the CEO because it's just not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. With a small company, it was like they weren't that the enemy. They weren't that right. sort of scary nightmare that you would like play. The, you know, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of people was are like, oh, be careful. I don't take you to HR. The HR people that I dealt with with a small company, they were lovely. So no, not a monster. No, they're not. It's it's more like we're seen as a part of the team. They weren't some sort of weird, right. like segmented off kind of people sitting on their own table kind of vibe. Mm. In stark contrast to the conglomerate, actually the HR could not fill the stereotype even more. Like really? they were like, I mean, they were easy to approach, but I feel like yeah. that was like their responsibility to be approachable. You know, mm. you have, they have no choice to be not be approachable because yeah. If you couldn't run to HR, who could you run to? And I feel like this is a big thing, big difference between small companies and big companies is that HR would be on the side of the company in both set in both settings, yeah. but more so on the conglomerate company where the HR is going to always support the business more than over your interests. Small companies, there's a bit more of a balance and that they okay. kind of like look out for you, especially in like in my experience i don't know if everyone's yeah. had the same experience or not mm, so i haven't just because to again to thinking back to previous jobs and things two kind of hr examples one okay one i was just really unfair to the poor hr person <laughs> it was all my it was all my fault I, um they 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 handled it very professionally so exit interviews i don't know how you feel about exit interviews i think they are such utter nonsense because they're just so mm -hmm. fake like obviously someone wants to leave the company for whatever reason it is mm -hmm. you sitting down in a room with them i get why a business wants to do it they want to try and understand why people are leaving so they can you know look to see if they yeah. can make any changes etc 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 but the people who are leaving don't actually care what the business no. wants by that point because yeah. they're leaving and also i find that what most people do is not actually tell the truth anyway because they don't feel comfortable to do so i had my exit interview lined up and my manager who was probably as sarcastic as i am if not slightly more made a bet with me that i should cite the reason that i was leaving this company um was because my desk chair had been stolen huh now to most people are probably raising their eyebrows at this point thinking how was your desk chair stolen what were you sitting on that whole time there was a chair at my desk it just wasn't my chair um <laughs> i was very passionate about this chair it was the first chair i had when i joined this company and i actually moved it around the building um <laughs> two different desks and different teams uh this chair came with me so it was just really really comfortable so i took my chair with me wherever i went and one day i came in and it wasn't there it had been swapped <laughs> out by someone somewhere still not find them and we'll go liam neeson on them though if i uh, <laughs> ever get wind of a particular set of skills um apparently none of which are useful in finding chairs and i went into the kind of you know big fancy glass office of the hr team i sat down there so james why are you leaving the company <laughs> it's hard for me to say um my chair was stolen <gasps> A deadpan just stared this woman in the face and she looked at me like, 
she didn't know what to say because obviously what on earth would you even say to that and in the end she just quietly nodded and wrote it down so somewhere in that company there's a record a stat that the year i left 0.001 percent of people left for chair related thefts and i'm really happy about that so you know that hr person took you know they took the joke they they played along it was good fun but i've had the flip and that was in a bigger company in the smaller company, I had a bad experience, a really, really bad experience, so bad. Socially, you know, to talk to, this person was absolutely fine, you know, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with them, they could hold a conversation, they weren't a, you know, troglodyte or anything like that. <laughs> um, but professionally, so I had a relatively serious medical incident a few years ago, and um, this company hired me with that, you know, knowing that kind of upfront and during the interview that there would be some treatments uh, and whatever going forward. And I remember she called me into a meeting once to tell me that these medical appointments that were necessary did take all day, um, and which the CEO of the company who interviewed me in the first place knew about from the day he hired me several years ago to tell me that those appointments take too long out of company time and was there any way that they could cut back on them because i was away from the business for too long mm. um obviously you know one day every quarter was 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 too much for their liking and i just sat there kind of incredulous like so angry that this person could even lack that kind of human empathy yeah um to even raise that as an issue um, yeah. especially when they knew about it prior to hiring me in the first place just quietly reminded her that the equality act exists and walked out I just wasn't going to listen to that yeah. nonsense. It was just the fact that they felt that that was appropriate to raise just really made me, I guess, realise that actually sometimes the human in human resources just really isn't doesn't exist it's at lacking. all. Mm. Mm, completely. So that's like the flip side to you, really, because mm -hmm. the small company was really bad, but the big company was really good. Yeah. Actually, there are some quite a lot of consequences of bad HR teams. You may yeah. not even work in HR, but mm. they really do have an impact across the entire company. They so really do. If you have a bad HR experience, generally speaking, you're going to get a decreased productivity level due to very low morale. You maybe even get fear, especially with things like absence due to, you know, due to sick leave. How yeah. many companies have you been in where it's been like, well, if you have more than five days off sick in a year, then well, that's an HR investigation. And, da, 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 da. and I'm just like, okay, well, what if you have a cold? Like people should not be going to work if they are sick. Full yeah. stop. End of discussion. Yeah. No more to say. I don't care if you've got a cough, a sniffle, or whatever. If you're ill, I don't want it. The team doesn't want it. The rest of the company doesn't want it. There should be an Stay option. at home, get better, and let's not have HR do this, like tallying of people who are having time off sick because it's just stressful. It's just low morale because now you feel like you have to go into work because you know you had three days off at the beginning of the year with seasonal flu and now all of a sudden you're throwing up every five minutes well heaven forbid i stay at home and feel better um really? so i better get into work but but that's the thing it's is like, crazy i would rather you be like even if you said you had a minor cold i don't want the whole office to have it first and foremost i don't want it i have exactly that. Go home and if you can do some work, do a couple of hour work and we'll still pay you, but it, then take the rest of the day off. Like say for instance, you know how like they're so anal about you having to come in. Okay, well mm -hmm. compromise, stay mm -hmm. at home, do your shift there and then just stay at home, like just stay Or there. let's just be more human about it. Just stay at home and get better. Thanks. 
That's great. That's all we need. Obviously, yes, if people start taking the piss, then you have to do HR investigations and disciplinaries and yeah. all of that stuff makes sense. But yeah. do you know you are more likely to get in trouble if you have five one-off days off or seven one-off days off or whatever it is throughout the year than you are if you were to have two weeks sickness in one go because they really? count it yeah yeah because what they do is they measure it by the number of times you're sick so if you are sick five times throughout the year that's recorded as five even if it is only one day a piece mm. if you're sick for three weeks or two weeks it's only one. once yeah oh that's ridiculous Exactly. The whole thing is just metrics based and nonsense and decreases productivity, mm. decreases morale. That's why people are coming in sick. And then you get more of your workforce off sick because obviously illness is spreading around, especially in this current climate. If mm. people are going to work and they're feeling unwell, then there's just a whole lot of issues with that. Yeah. Um, you know, that we don't even need to go into, but it also leads to an increase in employee turnover because, yeah. um, you know, exit interviews, I've already talked about those, um, they're kind of, they're badly managed most of the time anyway, mm -hmm. they've got no really meaning for them. And a lot of the times I actually think that they're trying to cover up or gloss over the yeah. real reason why someone mm -hmm. is leaving. And A, the employee is never going to be honest in those things anyway. Yeah. And even if they are, I highly doubt the employer wants that record. So kind of just a bit of nothing a lot of non-compliance you know if the department the hr department lacks any sort of well-defined uh, anti-harassment policies and a harassment incident leads to a lawsuit then the consequences are going to be kind of really devastating to the employer so um and it's worse as well if the management are harassing their own staff the thought that they will obey whatever the management wants them to obey you know one day the employees are going to give the management a kind of a dose of their own medicine and it's all going to be very unhappy and everyone's <laughs> going to be miserable but that comes from hr not having well-defined clear structured policies now mm -hmm. most hr policies are really badly written because they're not actually policy they're like guides on how to do little kind of trivial things that yeah. really shouldn't be in the policy at all and basically unhappy employees are never going to make any of your customers happy no. in the first place so really is the way that the company treats the employee is how the employee will treat the customer um, okay. and i just think it's a knock-on effect and so yeah. if ever i get really bad service from a business I do often wonder, is that just because the company's really bad to you or are you just not well suited to that job? Because it's mm -hmm. going to be one of those two factors. And I think that's really, really bad because for a company, it's just going to drive your business to your competitors if you have yeah. a bad HR department. For the employee, you're just going to get miserable, sick, unhappy, depressed, and to kind of escape. And the only people who are kind of benefiting from any of this are kind of the power-wielding, manacle HR person who's just oblivious to everything that's going on. So yeah. there really are some very bad consequences to yeah. a bad HR department. Uh, once was recruited um, in the health, health consultant world. They so were... you were an HR person? Well, kind of. Um, <gasps> we were limited. Had it here first. <laughs> we were limbed to the whole HR world. Right. Um, and... and were you maniacal? <laughs> no, wield your power unruly. Lovely, everyone loves green. Um, great, <laughs> right. but like the company and the HR who actually led us as yeah. a company was mm. just poorly equipped, dog-eared kind of service, shortcut sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it, like you said, it's a knock-on effect. They're gonna, yeah. they're not gonna care about their job. They just want the money. No. But 
it's just interesting to see how the dynamics of HR really works nowadays. Mm. Like I said at the beginning, I said they're a sort of, you know, scientific management, which is a really mm. interesting phrase, but this was kind of like brought upon us before they, they kind of classified it as a HR or human resources. Right. Scientific management was brought into place to ensure that, you know, there was no unfairness between employees right. and right, it okay. was yeah it was brought upon us the factory days when we kind of re- revolutionized from mm. like slavery and child labor and being able to like charge a penny only per hour for the people who yeah. doing it yeah. um so it's really interesting because hr was kind of connecting the employer with the employee in mm. the old days when it was just people off either farming factory workers labor workers miners anything like that there were no such thing as hr but Mm -hmm. hr was brought in to reform the system to prevent from any kind of labor so yes we kind of still see as like factory workers as labor but at least they have a piece of paper that protects them from Mm, not enslaved but and this is not really a theory actually this is just something that I came across throughout my graduate, after graduate, and then now, is that I think HR have surpassed their boundaries. Now, you may think that sounds weird. You know, how have they surpassed Mm. their boundaries? They're just HR people. But if Mm -hmm. you think about it, when you first apply for a job, the Mm. person who is reading the paper, your CV, are the HR people. Okay. You know, the people who manage HR or recruiters basically mm. so the recruiters will work under the hr um, department and so you're no longer getting employed by the actual employers you're mm. actually having to impress recruiters mm-hmm. of that company of that mm. employer so in, in some extent i guess that rec- that means that less work for the employer um to do but actually i really want to put this into like people's mind is that that piece of paper you need to impress is the actual person that you're uh, that is recruiting you which is Mm -hmm. the recruiter so in fact the recruiter will have very little knowledge of the job you know Mm. and i've been through like applying for training contracts etc etc and i've been told no despite my friend who has the same if not less qualifications i i do be told yes and you look at it and you compare like um cvs or contracts or anything in the past there are very small similarities but the hr staff are the ones who decide whether you are the person to be recruited or not and that kind of is is a scary sort of remark just because they're not really that qualified to judge whether you are capable of that job or not. And I know, like, you're not going to expect every person to be recruited specifically or directly by the owners of the company or the employers, because I mm. guess that's that's just too much work. But that threshold of having to be having to impress the wrong kind of judge feels wrong. That makes sense. Mm, okay. I mean, I get where you're coming mm. from. I mean, I would like to think that in all circumstances the actual person who will manage the role that is being hired for is involved in some way, shape or form. I mean, certainly, probably not any time recently, but long ago, I heard horror stories of, you know, an HR person dropping a bunch of applications for a job and 
Um, it was so high pressured that actually anything that fell on the floor went in the bin, and they only decided from the ones that they had left. I, I mean, at least I'm going to go for the optimistic route here. I don't. I hope that not all companies are, are a operating like that, um, but also operating in the case that HR are making the decision in kind of complete isolation. That they have yeah. that subject matter expert with them on hand to, so. you know, to make that decision. And and yes, an, an HR person will be more than qualified to decide whether someone will fit the company values mm. and kind of standing point because that's what they're there for to kind of set yeah. that and the subject matter expert will therefore decide if they fit the actual role being recruited for yeah i mean i've worked in a place where actually the hr department have very little to do with the process beyond administering it yeah um, I it, so what will happen is the applications will come in to hr mm. hr will collate them all together they will anonymize them because it's um name and institution um blind recruitment so there are no kind of unconscious biases being kind of um, carried through the recruitment mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. and they will then submit all of those uh, applications to um what's referred to as the quote-unquote hiring manager mm -hmm. um so the hiring manager is effectively going to be the person directly responsible for managing this person being hired whoever mm -hmm. that is in the chain i agree I, I definitely would prefer something along those lines because yeah. at least then you know that you're being vetted by someone um who's you know actually doing that role and knows whether you should be or not and i guess it's hard to tell when within the process that happens, happens. Mm -hmm. um but i think that as as we kind of move forwards you know i guess evolution in a way it is diversifying in that way and i think yeah. hr are more mindful about you know making sure that, that things are handled fairly but i guess in some sectors maybe the legal sector i don't know i don't work in it i just haven't quite caught up yet yeah i definitely think that recruitment needs to be modernized the way it's been done mm -hmm. as well and we also want to make a little anecdote actually and it's quite funny uh so during the time period where we didn't have electronics in the sense of like sending in your cvs but you had to actually mm -hmm. do it by letter my um, parents well more specifically my mum, but um mm. the way they used to have to hand in their cv was like by hand and i mm -hmm. felt like, granted that that point that you know in the 1980s and 1990s it was a lot easier to get jobs you can just walk in sit down and talk to the recruiter they'd be like yeah mm. go on sit on that desk and go get on with it um <laughs> but obviously that doesn't apply to no. our time but um my mum used to uh, notice that the people who are recruited uh tend to be the people who are uh, able to afford really good um quality paper when they send it in and yeah <laughs> so the person who's recruiting mm. them would like sit there and like kind of like shuffle through and then feel the texture of yeah. before oh, start wow. yeah before starting to read like any cds no, i love that let's judge people on the quality of their paper <laughs> great. how to modernize hr and recruitment mm. and it's really interesting actually because I, I do think like especially couple especially coupled with like a lot of the statutory that we have nowadays, mm -hmm. it's actually nice to see that there's a little bit more fairness and sort mm. of level playing field that we have in HR now that we expect mm -hmm. them to do. But yeah. interestingly, there's one thing and one area that we still have not modernized or not modernized enough. And mm -hmm. this is kind of, again, partly to do with recruitment. But mm. if you've ever seen HR send out job descriptions 
for applications right. to pour in. And if and I've only read legal ones, just that's just because it's my background, but sure. it's crazy what they expect nowadays. Right, they expect okay. some sort of like you need to be able to fly an airplane and speak four languages and swim the <laughs> Atlantic mm-hmm. and Ocean. That's for the entry level role. Right? And that's the entry role. Yeah, and then I was just yeah. sitting there appalled because I obviously like coming out in and out of jobs sometimes you're lucky you get mm-hmm. connections and then you kind of move on to their company etc yeah. etc but um recently i read a very like a very entry-level paralegal role and they're paying you nineteen thousand pound a year and right. nineteen thousand pound a year i might as well work in morrison's if i really wanted a nineteen thousand pound per year job <laughs> um and they may report pay me more so i might as well be there um <laughs> but it was just funny and yet shocking to see on that job description and mm. who whichever hr people are writing this wake the hell up because <laughs> no graduate will have three years of work experience wow yeah they need to have a 2-1 law degree or law bachelor right. and have an lpc or you know a solicitor qualifying course done really wow, those okay. three yeah. and i expect most of the people who are applying for it are either two groups one you're either mature and you've all and you've stuck with being a paralegal for the mm-hmm. rest of your life you're a senior paralegal and you've stuck with it and you mm. haven't proceeded on to either becoming um, doing a tc and becoming a junior uh, solicitor etc etc two the only other group that are applying are mm. graduates who come out fresh out of university with no work experience or not enough to, you know, fill the three-year threshold. And the worst part is they pay you so little for that much of experience. I do think that some companies need to modernise their HR to suit our current Mm. times. Mm. Um, But I do think change is coming. You know, a lot of HR teams are now kind of rebranding as people teams. Um, (laughs) And they're very much focusing on diversity, well-being and mental health being as the kind of like the three key pillars of what they're kind of looking out for and worrying about. They're also rewriting policies. A lot of companies are doing this. They're rewriting policies Mm. to be more flexible, more open um, and less kind of numbers driven. So actually, I do think we are now kind of on the precipice of that changeover, at least in a lot of sectors, probably not all of them. Some may stick with that kind of very kind of antiquated now version of HR being, you know, the disciplinarians and, and, and whatever else. But I think a lot of modern companies, newer companies, smaller companies uh, are definitely kind of putting that human back into human resources by going down the sort of people management route rather than considering the people as kind of another Number. company asset to manage yeah. in yeah. the same way that the, the, the kind of the financial staff balance the books, the HR staff kind of balance the people. Um, yeah. But now they're moving to that sort of more, well, actually, let's start caring about these people because we yeah. appreciate that it's the people that make this business a success right, and without yeah. them we've got nothing so i think that's a really positive thing to see and and you know there are a lot of people in hr that do a fantastic job against really difficult circumstances and i've, yeah, I've seen them do 100%. that firsthand and mm-hmm. i don't envy them at all because i wouldn't want to do it i just i've couldn't. seen 
I wouldn't have the patience. But when you get a bad one, it really sticks with you. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of companies who are now adopting ESG, which is a environment, right. uh, environmental social governance or corporate right. governance, ESCG. And it's extraordinary how much sort of impact it can make on the environment, mm. on social or society or any community um, who rely on that company. And having companies being governance and audit to make sure that they satisfy those three principles is right. actually beneficial because you you know companies on their own aren't run can't be run by anyone else but people right no of course. but the idea that the the company has to serve not just the people that work for them but also yeah. like socially like they have a responsibility for the community that they're surrounded in no i think i think we are definitely seeing seeing that yeah. change happen um but what i want to know from all of the people who are watching this is what's the weirdest thing you've ever told an hr person is the reason you're leaving the company <laughs> Um, can you be a stolen chair? If you do have a story, though, please leave it in the comments below. Otherwise, do get in touch with us. We're at YQ Society on all social media platforms. It's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All of the links down in the description below. It's rather lovely, actually, having you both begin and end <laughs> the show. Yeah. It's lovely to sit back and relax. Good, and good. To I shall be putting in a complaint to HR for <laughs> someone not pulling their weight. I am HR. <laughs> well thank you for listening guys and uh take care until next time take care